Hello folks, this is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop de doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, comedian, and director, Will Schreiner, to the show. Welcome, Will. Well, it's a delight to be here. Well, I'd love to talk Disney. I, You know, I'm a, a many, many years in the Disney organization. Back when they had interstitial programming, between the short shows, they would have like a, like a four-minute thing where we'd tour the park. And I was uh, one of the hosts of that for many, many years. It's great with YouTube because I, I was just watching a couple of clips before we got to start our interview, but it's great to see that some people had been recording this stuff on VHS tape that you'd probably never find again. And one of them was from 1986 where you're walking down Main Street and talking about the Christmas season. And I wasn't uh-huh. alive during that time, so I didn't get to see this clip, but I thought it was so <laughs> cool to see the parks and how different they were back then. And Well, I had a good head of hair back then. I still do, but it's, it's gray now. But, uh, no, we did a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, I hosted the very first Disney Channel uh, live show from the Magic Kingdom in Orlando. And uh, it was uh, Gloria Estevan and the Miami Sound Machine. Uh, wow. It was uh, Belinda Carlisle. It was Frank Olivier, a juggler. And it was uh, John Sebastian. And we, w- we went live. Uh, it was the first time they'd ever done like a show live for the channel. But uh, that, was, that was a great experience. And, you know, of course, thousands of people there live. And when you work for the Magic Kingdom um, in Orlando, you, you get to go into the tunnels and you get to see all the fun behind the scenes stuff. We, uh, we did a couple of years of a show at the Disney MGM Studios called That's My Dog, and it was a game show for the Family Channel that I took over from the original host, and uh, it was great. We would shoot like uh, I don't know forty shows in about a week. <laughs> I can only was, Im- uh, I can only imagine, and like that is during the peak time where they had a lot of celebrities coming in. Bette Midler, the Golden Girls, Audrey Hepburn. And and I, I remember you emailed me and mentioned you got to do those uh, introduction ceremonies where they'd bring out the star in a car. Yeah, that was called Star of the Day program because they had so little going on there when they first built the place. They needed to create like a, you know, sort of like, a, like something was happening. So they would bring mm-hmm. a number of stars down for a week. They'd pay you. They'd fly your whole family first class, put you up at one of the nice hotels hotels at the you know the grand floridian or the contemporary wherever you wanted to stay they'd put you up and they you know you had a gift on your pillow every night and you work three hours you would do an interview at the hollywood bowl set and then you then you'd go down the parade route and you'd wait you know you would have a the parade and then you'd end up in front of the chinese theater and put your hands in concrete and get inducted into the disney family of stars and you do that every day <laughs> for a week and you know the characters are so nice and they're so uh, you know, they're not allowed really to speak at all. And I always used to get a kick out of when we were doing the Disney Channel stuff would be, you know, like, uh, I, you know, I go, now, you know, when you come, you step in here and I'll hand me the envelope at this point. I go, you know when to do that? And, you know, he would like nod his head like he did. And I go, well, you know, you, you want me to tell you, 
I'd always get, and finally you'd hear them go, yeah, yeah, what time, what do I do? You know, <laughs> they, they weren't really allowed to talk. It was the illusion they didn't want to ruin. But, you know, uh, I would go back after the week of visiting there because the, the characters were so nice every day. And I would always go back to the trailer where they hung out, you know, out, outside their costumes and meet them all and thank them. And they were just such great, I mean, there's a great attitude when you work for Disney. I don't know if it's changed over the years, but, you know, it was like, you know, we're in show business in a great job that's going to go somewhere. You know, it was before... We've all become so cynical about show business, but in those days, everybody was really, uh, you know, excited for the job, and they had a great time doing it. I hope you don't mind if we take a couple steps back, but with the beginnings of a comedian, because you know the big thing was getting to be on the Jay Leno show or the Johnny Carson show when he was still on air or the David Letterman show and all these up and coming comedians, you know, it's so much different nowadays. It's, I think it's harder to even break into the business, but for you, you know, what was that process like just to go ahead and, and start performing and and becoming so big? Well, I started at the comedy store in in like 77, 70, and I, I, and everybody, Jay Leno, Dave Leverman, we were all aspiring, struggling new comedians, Gary Shandling, uh, Richard Lewis, everybody was come up and coming and uh so david uh letterman liked i I made these little funny films when i was in film school and i I took them to the stage at the comedy store and david liked them so david said if i ever get you know a a show i'd like to have you on it i go well great you know and uh so then he started hosting the tonight show filling in for johnny so my first three tonight shows were with david as the host i did a a couple of films and then i did a stand-up routine and so when I finally got to do it with Johnny, I had a little bit of seasoning where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so intimidating because when you stand behind the curtain as a comedian for your first time and the band's bah, 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 boom, 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 and you hear this thud, the music stops and you hear this muttering, you know, or my next guest is making his first appearance on it. You know, your heart kind of sort of jumps out of your stomach and the curtain parts and you come out into the sea of light. You can't see anything and you try to find that little star mark you're supposed to stand on. And then you tell your first joke or your second joke gets a huge laugh. And then you see all the comedians relax and enjoy the ride because that audience was that that studio audience was 500 people raked really high, you know, very steep. So the laughs kind of poured down on you. And it was a studio built designed by Bob Hope, who was a monologist and told a lot of did a lot of his specials in there. So it was a great, great, probably the best TV studio to ever work in. And uh, I mean, the Letterman studio in New York was different and it was not as big and it was much smaller, smaller crowd. And they were they were farther away. So, I mean, every comedian that's done the Tonight Show, you know, the original Tonight Show will tell you that it was the, you know, and I tell kids, I went to, to lecture, I sometimes speak at schools about filmmaking and, you know, in my career. So I went to the Johnny Carson School to do a talk in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I said, then I, I said to the kids, you know, do you know who Johnny was? They really don't know. They just see his name on the building. I mean, they weren't, they weren't born when he was, you know, in his heyday. And, uh, and I said, you know, winning the, to- going on the Tonight Show was like winning American Idol. The next day, everybody knew you. I mean, I'd go to get my dry cleaning. The guy saw the show. I mean, because they would get, you know, eight, 10 million people watching the tonight show maybe more i mean so it was a really an overnight star maker in the in those days and my first tonight show was in the 70s and then through the 80s my i remember the first time i did it with johnny i got booked to open for paul anka in las vegas that weekend 
you know, and the next thing I know, I'm in Vegas, you know, at the, you know, in front of, you know, eight, uh, I don't know, 800,000 people. And, uh, it was really a, a star vehicle. Not, and it's not like that anymore. I mean, sadly, you know, there's many more shows and there's much smaller numbers of people that see them. And, you know, there's a lot more comedians. When I started, there were, you know, 500 comics and we all knew each other. Uh, today there's, I don't know, my son's a comedian. He's a third generation comedian. And I go with him to open mic and there's thousands and thousands of comedians. Everybody wants to get into comedy because after the success of sitcoms with Seinfeld and Roseanne and Tim Allen, it became a vehicle for actors to want to do stand-up so that they could get seen and get discovered and maybe get their own show. Well, we remember we shared our our hallway behind our soundstage with the Mouse Club, and Justin Timberlake was in the club, and and J- Britney Spears was in the club. I remember them all as kids. They weren't, you know, they were unknowns at that time. But I remember seeing them, and you know, we'd kind of wave at each other, we, you know, because I'd be there for a month. We'd have a month of, we'd have a month of production. You know, we'd have a couple weeks of rehearsal, and then we we would do I think three three or four shows a day. But we'd do like a bunch of them throughout, like for three weeks, and you'd live on the property somewhere. And my son came down with me a couple times. Uh, just my son and I, and he was about seven or eight years old at the time. And I would say, okay, you know, you can be on the lot, but don't go, you know, you got to stay by the stage. You know, you can't, don't, don't go more than, you know, like a hundred yards away. And every day he would come back and go, oh, dad, I was over at Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. His perimeter got bigger and bigger and bigger. It was like, a, you know, an eight-year-old kid, but I figured he's not going to get in much trouble. Nobody's going to sneak off the lot with him. But he was, he, by the time that the show ended, you know, he had that whole lot as his playground, as his back playground. But it was a fun lot because there was all, there was a, uh, there was a, a street with houses and things where they shot, I think they shot the new leave it to beaver there and some other shows mm-hmm. and it was an ongoing soundstage and and uh and then you had the the people coming through because we would shoot in the middle of july and it was you know like 90 degrees and 100 percent humidity so people were so happy they come on these trams and they could have windows up above and they could look down because we'd always forget hey you know the people up there behind that smoke glass and trams looking down at us because you know we'd be goofing around doing something we shouldn't be doing uh and and uh we would laugh about all these people coming by and we you know i don't know if they're there or not but they would come into our studio they were only allowed to come in for one show because we had we would do five, but they they wanted to stay for the air conditioning. But we had so many people that wanted to come because it was really the only show filming on the lot. So people would, you know, we, we had the best audiences. People would come and, you know, they were they were so happy to sit in some air conditioning for a half hour. I haven't been back there in a long time. I was I was up at, in Orlando for the uh, haunted Halloween uh, nights at Universal, where they take their old sound stages, which they built a bunch of stages that have not been really used for movies anymore. You know, production in Florida kind of got hurt by the the last loss of the tax incentives. So you know, these big stages they they turn them into attractions now, and they make rides out of them. I think Jimmy Fallon has a new ride that's going into one of them in Nor- Orlando. I think that's going to Universal, but mm-hmm. the Disney backlot the big ride that they put in when i was there was tower of terror and that was a great ride that was a you know thrilling and because of i worked there i knew how to go the back way to all these rides so you know you could just take the ride and then if you didn't want to get off you could just stay on and go again you know because we had the guide with us and and so they took really good care of you as as a uh, if you were a performer i remember every morning i used to go over to typhoon lagoon and swim because they would turn on the wave machine like at eight o'clock and the park didn't open till nine but they wanted to get you know get the water moving and everything else so i i knew the guy over there and he says yeah come over whenever you want so my son and i would go over there and body surf at eight in the morning when we had the whole wave pool to ourselves holy cow (laughs) yeah we did a lot of stuff at uh at the disneyland in anaheim filming these uh i did the uh, when they opened the raiders of the lost ark ride Mm -hmm. i did i was i was working for 
KCAL, which Disney owned at the time. So we, I was the host of the Toy Story uh, opening event, and then a host of the. Uh, we did a thing for the uh, Indiana Jones ride, and the and the the Magic Kingdom. When you worked at Disney, you know you weren't allowed to smoke or eat, or you had to do it all away from the public. They're really concerned with protecting, you know the the guest experience and you know i think that's pretty cool i mean you know nowadays you know you, you know if you wanted to have a cigarette not that i smoked but if our crew wanted a cigarette we had to go behind you know go back behind the scenes to have you know to have a uh, you know have a break and uh you know disney disney does it right i mean i, I did a, oh i know another thing i did for disney they bought the queen mary i don't know if they still own it but they bought the queen mary in long beach and we did a big uh, like 1930s Queen Mary special with um, Melissa Manchester, Michael Feinstein, uh, I think a couple other acts. I can't remember everybody who was on it. And also since you mentioned the Indiana Jones attraction, which is my favorite ride at Disneyland. It's so much fun. Um, there are There is a whole video of you uh, coming out for the Celebrate 40 Years of Adventures at Disneyland for its 40th anniversary, which they were featuring this attraction opening. It was this big opening with all these Celebrity. So I will link to the video itself below in the show notes so our <laughs> yeah. listeners can see it. But oh, I good, love yeah. watching you ride it. It was funny. <laughs> I did. I did. I did host a. I think a 40th anniversary show. I hosted. You know, I was a go-to guy when they. You know, when they couldn't get a really big name, and I was a competent host. And so I did a bunch of stuff for Disney over the years. But I remember that ride, and they had us all in like a pool line, like a rope line, and you know, we're trying to interview. You know, people coming through the line, and people kept coming over to me because I knew them. You know, Dennis Miller or whoever. I think Dana Carvey. And you know, I got a lot of people to come over and talk to me just because, like, like, what are you doing in this line? I go, I'm hosting the show. Leave me alone. <laughs> and the best thing about things that you do, like I directed a bunch of Everybody Loves Raymond and Frazier and Becker and Wife and Kids. And those shows, you know, they keep running and running. And every time you see my name, know that I'm getting a nice little residual check. You were also the writer on Hoot as well, besides yeah, I, being I, the director. And I loved how it stayed very close to the source material. Well, that was my goal. When, I, when Jimmy Buffett is a friend of mine, and when he read the book, he optioned it from Carl Hyacin. And Carl Hyacin's an adult writer, but this was his first uh, young adult book, and it won a Newbery Award, but it was intended for seventh graders. So Jimmy asked me, you know, what do you think? And I said, oh, I'd make a great little movie. I said, I'll, I, I tell you what, I'll write it if I can direct it. So we, we shook a, a fish sandwich in Key West. We shook hands and said, that's a deal. So I, my goal was to make Jimmy happy and to, and to stay loyal to Carl. So I would run by stuff by Carl, you know, if I was changing stuff in the book, the kid lives in a abandoned ice cream truck in a in a in a junkyard, and I just thought because it's Florida, why not have him live in an old boat in a boatyard? So the and the beauty of the movie is really we shot it on 35 Panavision film with a with a wonderful director of photography named Michael Chapman who is an ace he's a lifetime ASC award winning cinematographer and he Michael Chapman had been an operator on The Godfather he'd been an operator on Jaws he directed his own movies he shot The Fugitive he won an Academy Award for The Fugitive I mean Michael was like the greatest guy to have you know have your back and uh, and, and the experience we had we shot through four hurricanes in Florida in the middle of 05 Katrina came by we had to shut down for a day and we were we just got really lucky on the weather and then we created a town which is a small Florida town uh, that doesn't really exist but so we had pieces of Florida 
from the Keys up to, to uh, outside of Orlando in Homosassa Springs. We were in uh, Boca Grande, and then we were in Fort Lauderdale a lot. So, you know, people all go, oh, this movie's so beautiful. Even the State of Florida Tourism Board used to show the movie just to show, they'd show the highlights to show how beautiful Florida was. And that's, you know, that's does a lot for tourism, especially for Florida when you have these beautiful movies. Miami Vice has done a lot for my, for Miami. The, the show called Bloodline is a huge attraction for the Keys now. And uh, then, you know, the, in the book, Beatrice is kind of a big, hulking, kind of a, you know, a large girl. And I just couldn't find a large girl with any vulnerability. And I had directed a, a sitcom called Raising Dad with Bob Saget and Brie Larson. And, I, and Brie was such a wonderful little actress. And I remember saying, Brie, would you just come in and read for this? I know you're not really the type, but come and read. And she did such a great reading. And, and she was, you know, such a great kid that I said, I think we can make her work. We'll put her on boxes. We'll raise her up, make her taller. We'll surround her with littler girls so she looks bigger. And Brie Larson, I mean, I, I, I get the credit for putting her in the first leading role. She went on and won last year. She won, you know, the BAFTA, the SAG Award, the Oscar for Room. And uh, Brie is now directing her own for her first movie, and she's in this movie Skull Island coming out. That's amazing. She's just a great yeah. kid. And, you know, it, it makes you feel good when people you put in a movie do well and go mm -hmm. on to do great things. I mean, the kid uh, Logan Lerman, he it was an early film for him. He's had a big career. So the, a lot of our cast, you know, I was very proud of the casting because uh, Woody Allen used to say, if you cast a movie right, you really don't have to do much directing. You know, Absolutely. everybody. You know, well, I love. I always love seeing you host whatever type of special is for Disney and, and also for other shows and and it's so great to talk with you today Will and before we end I have three Disney themed questions I always ask my guests so okay. we'll start with the Donald one which is as a child what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater uh, I think Fantasia Fantasia had such a great soundtrack I mean I remember I was a little kid when I saw Fantasia our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Oh, I think uh, probably Pluto. You see pretty carefree. He's quiet. He doesn't talk, he doesn't talk much. <laughs> He's a perfect one. And, and speaking of Pluto, Mickey, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Uh, I would think the Jiminy Cricket song. Was it uh, what, what, when you wish upon a star comes to mind? Yeah, when you wish because that was, I think, one of their themes. It was. It was so great to see you doing all these specials again. I want to remind our listeners that we are going to link below to uh, Will's official website, where you can find even more videos from the late night show appearances and from other TV shows. And I'm also going to link to the other Disney specials that he was featured in, so you can go ahead and enjoy yourself. And I know I'm going to send a copy to Will too because I'm totally jealous of you Will and I'm so thankful that you agreed to do an interview today with me and for the show because that would be great to see you do another Disney project. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. You're an excellent interviewer. You did a good job. I mean I hope I didn't talk too much and uh, and I wish you the best of luck with the show. It sounds like a, it sounds like an interesting bunch of content. I'll look at some of the other stuff you've done with all the other great Disney talent that's come through there. Disney was a you know a great incubator of talent and they still are. Hi, 
and a hearty ho-ho-ho from Main Street, USA, right here at Disneyland. I feel like a, a merry old elf today because this Disney Channel preview is loaded with goodies, and I get the pleasure of delivering them to you.